You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. Damon Frank here with my co-host, Christina Dennis, on a beautiful Wednesday morning. How are you doing, Christina? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Happy Wednesday to you, Damon Frank. Happy Wednesday to you, Christina. We've got a really great show for you today, everybody. Mm-hmm. So hold tight. We're going to talk a little pop culture. Then we're yep. going to dive into the hospitality business a little bit. Um, and wow, it's it's been a great week so far. I love the clubhouse mm-hmm. room, uh, the Recovered Life discussion that happened yesterday. That was really great. Very, very beautiful. Uh, lots of good information. Um, lots of, you know, how do you how do you take a topic like anguish and grief and, and make it palatable? But we did it. We did it. And so many people have beautiful input. It was I, I am learning a lot and I love our recovered life discussions. I love them so much. Well, guys, we are on, just to let everybody know, we are on episode 92, Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Everybody that's listening on the live stream here, uh, the podcast replay, we've had so many downloads over this last week, and we're just so thankful for everybody here mm-hmm. and you know everybody that tunes into the show and our thriving community on Recovered Life. It's just, it's so much fun, Christina. It really, really is. And this show's being brought to you by uh, Recovered Life contributors and people like you. Make sure to like, share, follow, and leave a comment so we know what content to keep bringing. Also visit info.recoveredlife.us. That's info.recoveredlife.us, where you can make a donation that will allow us to continue to help people and join the network, which is completely free. Thank you so much for mentioning that, Christina. You know, uh, what I love is the Recovered Life Network. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had to, uh, I, I had a very busy day yesterday and I was traveling here and there. And, you know, I was able to like log on through the app and have conversations with people. I, you know, I reconnected with a friend that I hadn't seen in recovery for years. And it all wow. happened there totally for free on the app. And, you know, just engaging in these conversations. So we always keep these conversations going after the show, after the live show in the Recovered Life community. So we hope to see everybody there. Um, Look, a lot of pop culture news going on, and we're not a pop culture show. And this isn't necessarily about drinking the (laughs) but it is about behavior, which is part of the whole recovery scene, right? Right. This whole Will Smith slap, we got to talk about it. We do. We do. And, you know, first I want to say we understand, I understand that there's a lot more going on in the world uh, than this. However, it's rare that no, we get to No, no, Christina, there is not anything going on in the world. There's so much the going don't on. You, don't you watch the news? This is the only nope. thing going on. It is, it is. And I had so many feelings about it. And so not to add to, you know, the the father or father around it, I'm not sure if that's the right word, fodder, I think. But the the whole shocking part of it was that it was so magnified. Rarely do we get to see these bigger than life individuals making mistakes like that. We usually read about it, but rarely do we see it on live television. So it was shocking. I uh, I watched it one time and frankly, I had a reaction to it, but I had more of a reaction when he shouted out to Chris 
Will Smith did, shouted out to Chris saying, you know, Lee, don't let my wife's name come out of your yeah. mouth. That actually stirred up a little bit of, uh, that was a bit of a trigger for me, which is sounds a little silly, but I always know to pay attention to that. And I remember that, you know, my husband, we wanted to look at it again. I said, you know what, I don't need to see it again. And when I talked to people on Monday and Tuesday, my clients, all of them felt the same way. It was like a car crash. Like nobody wants to yeah. look at it. However, you know, you're on the Oscars and you know it looked staged to me until he said, you know, what he said and he was so angry. What did you think about it, Damon? Well, you know, it's interesting because what this got, you know, it 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 didn't trigger me in any way. I didn't I didn't feel that way necessarily about it, you know you know, I have a background of working with celebrities. So it's like, so, I, I understand that celebrities are people just like everybody else. Right. And, right. and people are fallible. I know I'm fallible. Um, I I've done things that, that I, in retrospect, looking back, say, why did I say that? Why did I do that? I, I do. I was disappointed actually. Mm. I was a little disappointed because, you know, I think that, uh, people that have celebrity have the ability to set a bar higher Right. Right. And, and I believe that that just it, it just it kind of wasn't called for. I understand. But, you know, you're kind of as a celebrity, you're kind of putting yourself in that position. Right. Right. For right. people to be able to say that. And I really didn't think, honestly, that it warranted that strong of a response. Now, here's the thing. Why I wanted to have this the show about this, Christina, why I was like, I texted you me. I was like, oh, but we've got to do, we already sure. had Monday planned, but we're like, you know, we got to do this. We have to do a show on this is because this whole thing about how to deal with conflict, how right. to deal with making an amends, how to take what, what is your part, what you're not. And it's funny because the whole world's kind of talking about the elements of that right now. Ab absolutely. And, and I, it's interesting as a person in the recovery community, we think about these things a lot. You know, we exactly. don't, we cannot be afforded the luxury of holding on to resentments. We cannot be, you know, we can't afford the idea of being in an emotional state that is confusing or frustrated. We have to get to the bottom of it. And after you've been around for a while, you know, it's, it gets a lot easier to prevent yourself from doing things that you have to go back and clean up because I really don't like that part of it. And watching it, you know, I'm, I'm a woman. And so I had my thoughts about the violent part of it. Um, like I said, and I, I, but I also believe words are violent too. And I was wondering, you know, which, which part of that made sense? You know, women often don't go duke it out when they have a problem, they have to make a statement, you know, they have to do things. And so I took some time before I decided what I would think about that. Now, having it be on a world stage, his humanity being, you know, absolutely recorded. Yeah. I actually had a little bit of a codependent viewpoint. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I know I, you would. I know you would. I, I felt bad for him because I thought, oh, you won the Oscar. And now this will always be attached to it. You know, like literally I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> and felt bad for him. You know, well, I will I tell did. you, you know what the first thing came up for me, honestly, the first thing, obviously codependency came up because you're a codependency expert. Yes. But I, you know, I deal with a lot of people in what I'm going to call transitional recovery, right? So they're moving into recovery from a life of mm -hmm. not being in recovery. And, and one of the, one of the things that's always big, especially with guys, especially with guys, I'm just going to, I'm going to stereotype here is that impulse control mm. is the ability to put a, hit the pause button. I always say hit the pause button, 
go outside of yourself, look at the situation and the feelings and start sifting through right. what is appropriate at that time and what's not appropriate. You know, we, I remember one of the things that we did, you know, what this reminded me of is we did the holiday rescue thing that that's yes. servicing for people who are getting in. And we are talking about appropriate times to make amends. If this is your first Christmas sober, you don't go into aunt Matilda's, you know, and, 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 and cousin Johnny's house <laughs> and sit down and say, Hey, remember all that crap. And let me do you. It's just not the appropriate time. And, and I believe that he could have not one, not laughed. Right. 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 He could have put a pause button on it. Yes. And then he could go later and say, look, that, that was inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And he could have dealt with it in that way. He could right? have issued a statement as easily yes. as he had to, he had to issue a statement about his own behavior, but he could have issued a statement the next day that said, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're friends or not. I think a lot of us think that all celebrities are friends with each other because of the different, you know, types of events that we see them at. So they may or may not have a relationship outside of this, yeah. but I feel like he could have defended his wife's honor and, and the controversy over the alopecia because she had been so vulnerable about it. He could, have said, I think that was low hanging fruit. And, you know, part of me really believes that. Um, but I know that you're right. They do open themselves up to that. I think he was, he was probably embarrassed about the fact that he laughed, you know, first and then got it later. It was almost like maybe there was some embarrassment about that. Maybe he was trying to write that wrong. I have no idea, but I'll tell you, it, it really made it uncomfortable for me. And, and I wonder, and since you were a part of the biz for so long, what the producers and the people that were putting on the show, what they thought about it. I kind of thought that they would be really happy about it because it was such yeah. a big deal. And so I felt like, oh no, they're even going to benefit on this incredibly human moment. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think that, um, you know, typically when we're, when we're dealing with something like this, I think mm -hmm. when we see this right as just consumers or watchers or viewers of content, it typically is somebody who is under the influence of alcohol and drugs and it has a problem, right? Yes. And they come in and do that. I don't think that this is the case and we're not basically Christine and I aren't saying that this is the case with this. Here, here, here's my view, which is interesting. One, I think it was a bad look for everybody. Quite mm -hmm. honestly, two, I don't think people care because I think it's PR. And, and I think, you know, look, I, people don't consume content in the same way. I know I don't produce content in the same way that I used to produce content back in the day. Right. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a mix. And that's sad. Actually, that's sad that our, that, that our uh, society says, well, you know, we're just going to feed off of this. Yes. Um, the thing that's interesting, though, and why I originally wanted to do this segment was the whole amends side of this. Yes. Because, so you have the impulse control on one side is like being able to hit the pause button. Right? right. And then the the whole part of like, OK, well, now in retrospect, I've done something that I have to clean up my side of the street on. Right. As right. we always say in recovery, I didn't even like how that went down. You didn't? Why? Why, Damon? You know, I'm curious. I, you know, all the details of this mm -hmm. because I really felt like, um, you know, I, I, I really felt, and, 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 and people that are listening to this might feel the exact same way with this. It's not that people make, God, I make so many mistakes and I have popped off. I mean, we, we've talked about it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was told very early on in sobriety, you can do anything you want as, as if you're willing to take the, 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 
the ramifications of it. If you're willing right. to pay the price, you could, you know, pop off. And, you know, and sometimes I've been saying, you know what? I, look, I'll be, you know me, Christina, like I could be, I'll say what's on my mind a lot of times. <laughs> I have, I have said stuff and I've said, somebody had told me right before, it's like, hey, the ramifications of this are going to be big. And I'm like, so I'm willing to pay it. You're ready. You know what I mean? I'm You're willing ready. to go there sometimes, right? Yeah. It, I'm not dead. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But in retrospect, sometimes I said, ah, you know what? I, I don't, I'm not upset that I popped off because maybe it was warranted, but I'm upset, I, I'm upset that I went this far. And this is the obsessive compulsive yes. side of after you get into recovery, right? Because you're, you're, it's this constant gauge. It's like, well, it was appropriate to, t- to say something like, for example, you know, everybody's been in a situation, and I hear this a lot in, in, in 12 step groups of somebody driving to a meeting or going to a doctor's appointment or going to work, and somebody's driving recklessly, yes, and almost killing people, right? To stay to say something to them is not inappropriate. It, it, might, no. it might be dangerous, unless yes, these days it is inappropriate, but then ramming your car into them or going crazy, and you know, right. that that is like a step too far. So it's this, I, I, what I like about this is that this, what people are talking about is that gauge of what is, maybe it was appropriate to say something, but was it appropriate to yell that at that forum? Was right. it appropriate to slap, physically slap the guy before speaking <laughs> with him? No. I, I, I don't, I don't think so. Right. Like, no. so it's like this, this, this balance. And I, I think, you know, people in recovery really respond to this. They're really looking at this because they struggle with, I think, especially in early sobriety impulse control. Absolutely. And there's these huge feelings, you know, and when we're first feeling our feelings because we're no longer sedating ourselves, they can be really hard. You know, I, I, yes. Have, yes. Uh, this is a secret to nobody. I had an anger problem. You know, uh, that was one of the reasons why I drank. I kept gulping it down and it sure as heck showed up when I got sober. And I remember that first year struggling with the huge emotions. And I, that's funny. I even said just funny. I even said just one year stressed. You know, I can tell you that uh, when I was dealing with my son's diagnosis and he was very young and it was a big struggle, I lost my temper and acted like a mad woman. I, I remember this one scene, you know, in a parking lot where this man was going nuts and I literally got out of my car like I was going to fight him. <laughs> and then the shame that came after that. So I I think it's good for us all to talk about behavior. I think it's really great as long as we can see that we are just like him. You know, many of us are still learning and I have no idea what was going on in his brain, but I can only imagine. And I don't know why his people didn't stop him, except that maybe they weren't close enough to do that because thank God I've had people stop me, you know, and pull me aside and say, okay, that's enough. Because, you know, within 10, 20 minutes, I'm able to resolve the feeling you know, or it's a big sign for me to go get some rest and take care of myself. You know, I'm the boundaries person. So I think it was perfectly fine for Will Smith to say, this is a boundary. You know, I've heard all kinds of rumors, heard all kinds of rumors, whether everybody wouldn't have thought it was fair game. So it is a complex situation. There are many, many sides to it. I do believe that Will Smith owes an amends. I know he issued a statement apologizing. I do believe that is, you know, the right 
track. I just feel bad that, you know, his night of glory winning the Oscar was overshadowed by this incident. So it's well, regretful. I'll tell you, I think, I, I think that, I think the thing is when we're in a world of uh, violence and conflict, I, I, I do, I will say this about some because I, I, I think we need to cut people a break a lot of the times. I think mm -hmm. most people, most people, are doing the best they can with what they have with the skill right. most people and and you know what like i don't know will smith personally but i would i would assume he's just like everybody else right he wakes up in the morning just like everybody else he has fear and anxiety just like everybody else right so true um it might be different and i think it's even magnified you know my my experience is that that's tough you know what i that mean is. like if i woke up every like if i woke up every morning it would be uh, it would affect me. I, right. I'd be reading it. it would be if I'm not going to lie, it would affect me. Right. But um, I, I think the thing that the, the big takeaway of this, though, is this whole impulse control and this ability to uh, for, for people in recovery to deal with difficult situations. Absolutely. Because right? like, I've been in really difficult situations. And I just I just admitted, Chrissy, you know, like I, I I've been known to pop off every once in a while and, and, and say what's on my mind. Um, some of that I regret, some of it I don't. Most of the time when I regret it, it's not that I said something, it's how I said it. It's like, am say. I being, I, I always used to hear this, am I being loving and kind? Mm -hmm. Am I being constructive? Am I being, whatever, right? Like, uh, so like I, I kind of keep that in mind. The hard part is just getting sucked up in the whole thing. And then this post thing about like, well, how do you really make an amends, right? In, in, in a way that is, uh, uh, appropriate. And, and, and I think, you know, for this, the people who were, were harmed, I think it's the younger people who see this is like fame is going to get me this. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is the same thing with drinking. I mean, I know this was for me. If I can drink, I'm going to be free. I'm going to do this. Right. It's a lifestyle too. Right. But, you know, we're the first to admit it's like the hardest thing about, I think getting sober for people is breaking the lifestyle. Alcoholism is a lifestyle. It is. Uh, and, and there's a lot of positive things in that when it's working in the life. It is. And one of the stories that was overshadowed is that we lost the drummer of the Foo Fighters. Um, you know, he exactly. was so young. I mean, he was our age, maybe a couple years younger and had a well-documented fight with addiction and passed away, um, yes. Taylor Hawkins. And so there is, I mean, the, the, the clear message is we have to do better. We have to do better. We have to care about each other more. And I don't know about a comics boundaries or not. I'm certainly not a professional to state that, but both, I think both people had a hand in what happened or all three of them, if you include his wife. And so well, this we have is to the do thing better. that we, we, we do. And, you know, and the thing is about, about Taylor is that the, the thing is about, uh, about the whole celebrity thing. And I think we should do a show just on this because, and I think I'd like to actually maybe have some sober celebrities on. Sure. One of the, one of the reasons, and I think 12 step groups in a way got this right, but culturally and the way information has changed, it's changed a lot. So I don't think it applies as much today Okay. with the whole influencer culture. But one of the reasons that 
early 12 step groups were like, we don't want anyone to say publicly that they're sober or not sober through this 12 step group is because they didn't want exactly things like this. Now we're not saying we're not talking about Will or Chris Rock because no. that's not the situation, but this is a perfect example of like, they don't want people saying, well, look, Hey, that person's in there. That didn't work. Right. Right. And look, right. we, we know just from being in sober in Los Angeles and, uh, especially where I'm located, it's like, you know, you know, people that are celebrities that are in, that are in recovery, um, and some recover out loud, some do not. But one of the reasons why I think a lot of celebrities don't is that they know that they might be caught up in something, right? right? Some sort of discussion. And if it's interpreted or even a role that they play, uh, if it's interpreted that they're a hypocrite or they're not doing the deal, they don't want to be that example. Now, I think it's tough in today's world. Uh, to hold to that standard that was created in that whole 12 step model, to be honest with you. And I it don't is. know if that's, it's, it's, uh, you know, look, that's a whole other discussion, but I don't even know if it's really helpful anymore. Um, and I think you can say you're sober without discussing how or where you get it. I don't know, you know, attraction versus promotion is the model. And I think that, that as we see, and as we continue to do re the recovered life show and the different, you know, the recovered life network that we will eventually as a society quit holding, you know, uh, quit holding addiction as a shameful disease. You know, well, we'll I, think, I think one in. of the, one of the one of the things about one of the things that's sad about all of this, and especially the Foo Fighters drummer, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, people are like, "Why didn't somebody do something? Why didn't so?" And I don't know the details around it, so I don't want to paint a picture that's not real. But I know there was a history of that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that that's what happened, right? Like, there's a you know, um, but the thing is, it's interesting is, is that why there's always this discussion about why didn't somebody, like you said, why didn't somebody grab Will Smith and say, no, right. no, don't do it. Right. But, and, and I think that there is this, uh, inability, I think a lot of the times in the celebrity culture, because the machines that are built around them, no mm -hmm. one wants to be the first person in the parade to say, Hey, this is out of control. Hey, this needs to change because you're not going to be in the parade anymore. Right. right. You're, you're gone from the parade. You're removed from the parade if you speak out against the parade a lot of time. So I think the I, I think the I think the good thing about some of this is, is that when we when we see about these overdoses, although it's sad, I think it does maybe awaken people to the fact that people, places and things are not going to cure you from recovery and that you're not going to cure you from alcoholism and drug addiction. That you're right. going to actually, no matter about money, I, I'm going to tell you, honestly, I, I, I will say I personal experience from people that I know there's, there's no amount of celebrity, no amount of money that can get you sober. Right. You know, matter of fact, I think people that have celebrity and money have a harder time getting sober. I agree. Because Amy. they have too many options. Right. 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 There's too many options. If you have $5 in your pocket and you're broke in Cleveland, Ohio, you have very little options. Right. So if true. You've got a couple hundred million dollars in the bank and a posse of people around you that will do anything that you want them to do. Um, it, it's much more easy to get different options. They might not so be true. the right options, but right. they are options. Yeah. They don't have to clean up their own messes. They have the people to do that. And so it, I agree with you wholeheartedly that, you know, that it's harder, you know, for a person with means to get sober. I, I, I think it is. So I think this is a really good lesson in general. I'm glad that people in recovery are talking about this because it tells me that 
in recovery, we've evolved a lot. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're now more talking about the finesse of, of impulse control, how to make an amends better, how to make it better for people in our lives. I, I, I do. I, I think it's great. I, I think it's I think it's a really great discussion to have. And, you know, something that definitely uh, warrants thinking about. So true. So true. This has been a, a couple of years of us. I, I've said it before. The world is doing its own inventory right now <laughs> and figuring out yes. some things. Yes. Hopefully. Well, you know what, Christina, the world is a crazy place right now, too. And I think a lot of people in recovery that we're absorbing this a lot. We absorb mm. what's coming back at, you know, I, I think I've said it before. I think that people in recovery get a rap that we're not sensitive at all. I think we're way more sensitive way more than everybody else. And I think that that's why I think it, it plays emotionally into drug and alcohol abuse because it's a way to escape from those feelings and things that, that, that we're sensing. Um, Well, look, the world is a crazy place. And uh, one of the things I would want to take a moment here. Uh, to plug this really interesting e-course that we've gotten, it's totally for free. It's a three-day challenge. Mm-hmm. It's called "Can't Say No." And if look, if you're if you're waking up in a in a, in a world of, of of crazy every day, and it's because of the people around you and your relationship with them, and it might be because you can't say no. You just feel that you can't. You're always the go-to person. You're always the person bringing, you know, fixing the family drama. You're always the person that is, you know saving the day at work. That might be a boundaries issue. Christina Dennis put together this really great can't say no free three-day challenge on Recovered Life. You can access it by going to info.recoveredlife.us. That's info.recoveredlife.us. Christina, we're going to be back after this quick break. We've got a great segment coming up for you guys. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. And coming back from our second segment, I want to remind you that uh, this show is being brought to you by Recovered Life contributors and people like you. Make sure to like, follow, share, and leave us a comment. What do you think about Will Smith? What do you think about Will Smith? Uh, as well as visiting info.recoveredlife.us. That's info.recoveredlife.us. You can leave us a donation, which allows us to continue doing what we're doing and helping others and join the network where we continue the conversation off air. That's info.recoveredlife.us. Yes, it's going to be a great segment, Christina. And thanks so much for mentioning the donation side of it. You know, I was thrilled. I I had a a little trip I had to do on Tuesday, and I, I I came back and I looked at the amount of downloads we have, and I was like, wow, this is really people are really using this information, and they're really getting it. So every you know every donation helps us put that word out there because you might be in recovery for a while, you might be doing the deal, but there's a lot of people they're trying to get they're they're trying to get into this, Christina. They're trying to get into the sober life, so they might be coming in, they might be coming out of the sober lifestyle and the show helps people live their best recovered life. So we'd like to thank all of you. And thank you so much, Christina, for mentioning that. Um, look, I, I found this news article and I love it. Uh, this was right up your alley because I know you used to be in the hospitality business I uh, did. when you got sober. And this is the, uh, the examiner, the San Francisco examiner, I believe put this out and I'm going to bring it up on, on stage a little bit. And we want to have a whole segment about sober and working in the hospitality business because so many people do work in the hospitality business that are sober. 
Um, right. But it, it is sometimes a little struggle, Christina. I mean, as you know, you, you share that a lot. Absolutely. I love the article because it is bringing light to us. That industry is notorious for alcoholism and drug addiction, as well as all of the others, you know, sex addiction, you know, crazy drama relationships. And being somebody who started working in a restaurant at 18 years old, uh, by the time I was 21, I was a seasoned veteran in many ways of this this kind of lifestyle. And I know that in the sober community, there aren't that many examples sometimes for us to look at. And it's more of even more secretive because the lifestyle was around alcohol and drugging and, you know, party scene, you know, and it's actually sometimes, and I love that she brought this up. It actually sometimes is rewarded. You know, the person that they interviewed, Gina Helvey, um, who started the first uh, Ben's Friends uh, uh, work, I don't know what you would call a group, I guess, Ben Friends group, uh, talked about the fact that sometimes her tips got bigger. You, know, you think about a bartender doing shots with customers. You think about how that continues to be reinforced. And so if you find yourself in a situation like I found myself in a situation, it was very difficult to find people that were in food and beverage, that were in hospitality, who were sober. And I love that that they gave this space in the San Francisco Examiner to this because there are a lot of people in the hospitality industry that need help. They oh, yes, need absolutely. to know. Yeah, they absolutely. Know and you know somebody. what I loved about this is that I actually got sober in San Francisco. So I know San Francisco very well. And San Francisco is a big drinking town. Uh, mm -hmm. for, you know, it is. There's a, culturally, it's very uh, about alcohol. Um, and there's a lot of bars and the hospitality business, Christina is very, very, just like in Orange County is very, very big. Um, I wanted to read this because I thought this encapsulated it well. Um, this is, uh, the San Francisco examiner. Uh, we've got this up on screen for the people that are listening in the, on the podcast, but I'll go ahead and, uh, kind of describe what we're seeing here. Um, this is a, uh, an article by Sydney Johnson. Uh, that was written earlier this month. And, and she, she says in her sober living can seem impossible for some professionals in the food and beverage industry where cultural pressures like the after shift drink can make efforts to curb drug or alcohol habits feel like it's at odds with one's workplace. And I thought, wow, uh, that really summed it up because I will tell you when I first came into uh, the uh the recovery scene, right? When I first got sober, I, I worked as a bartender. Um, that was something I could not do after the first Pretty. week. Uh, so like, I just, I, it was just something for me personally, as much as I needed to do it, mm -hmm. uh, Christina, I, I, I could, I, I have a lot of admiration for you. Like I could, I could not do it. Uh, I, I just yeah. felt it was too dangerous for me. It was. The culture in the, the food and beverage business is very much we drink after our shifts. We have parties whenever we have a day off. You know, the, the a lot of times if you're working the dinner shift, it's very, very normal. I know of lots of places where people allow their employees to drink. I um, I got sober in the business and I stayed in the business for many years after. Eventually, I made a transition to sales of the business. But it was a huge part, even when I was sober. And when I got sober, 
I only had one person that I could think of who was a restaurateur that had been sober for, you know, a decade and was told, oh, go to him, you know, to if you need help. In my meetings, I didn't really find that many people. I mean, I remember doing exactly what this article said, where a captain would show up uh, to the restaurant that I owned with my first husband and they would be drunk and we would cover for them. We would cover for them. We wouldn't, we'd see, go home, we'll change the seating, we'll figure it out. I, I remember specifically one young gentleman who was um, apparently trying to get sober but didn't share it with us, um, mm. showing up drunk for the shift, had to go home. I was stuffing him full of coffee, telling him, go take a shower. <laughs> and yeah, get it yeah. together before I realized that this was probably something that was going to kill him. Well, you know what? It runs rampant because I think it's such a fast paced business and it's secular. So like every day it's, it's, it's the same thing in a, in a, in a mm -hmm. weird way, but you know, I, I do with the rewards. It was like, it was interesting that she was saying it's like, it's, it's at odds with it because the rewards I remember as a bartender, the rewards where you would get free drinks. Absolutely. Or, you know, you could even in some bars, you could even drink for free anyway. It wasn't no, no one really uh, freaked out unless you were falling down drunk. If you could do your job right. They sure. didn't really care. It's it's something that they didn't really care about that much. Now, things have changed a lot, I, you know, but looking back now, I look at the lifestyle of that. Even in my 20s, in my early 20s, I was like, going, wow, looking back now, I was thinking about this the other day. There was a a, a guy that I worked with and he was already, he was like, I don't know, 35 or something. And wow. this guy looked like he was burnt out already. And I, I was thinking back on this. I was like, he'd already had three or four DUIs. He'd already like, mm. he'd been through it. And he was like in his early thirties. And I was like, he's having health problems, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, wow, looking back, I didn't catch that. I, I really didn't catch it because I was in the middle of it. Right. I was in the middle of that lifestyle. But um, it runs rampant there. And I and I think what's really great about this is that people who really like hospitality, they love serving, yes. they can stay in that. And I know there's groups right now of um, of sober bartenders yes. that in, in, in the food and beverage industry, that that's that that's what they're like. There's whole bars where a majority of the people are sober. So true. So true. And and this uh, article kind of highlights the first group in San Francisco, but it was started by a pretty famous restaurateur, uh, Steve Palmer. And they did it after their best friend or a dear friend of theirs had overdosed and died. And they didn't realize that that person had tried to detox several times and couldn't. Mm. Now, Steve is actually 20 years sober. So they, that's why the name of the organization is Ben's friends because that was Ben, their their friend that passed away. And their whole idea was they wanted people to know that there are lots of people in the hospitality business that understand the crazy hours, that understand the lifestyle, that want to stay in the business, don't want to be told you've got to get out of it, you've got to change your life, you've got to change your job, um, but don't exactly have that idea of becoming sober. You and I've talked about it. Being mm -hmm. in that business, I didn't even know a sober person until somebody let me know that oh, right. you know, Noel has a, you know hasn't drank for eleven years, and it still wasn't even 
a, a full known secret. So I, when I read about this, they've already um, grown to 15 cities. I thought this is amazing. They have online meetings at the hours that people who work a dinner shift or work a breakfast shift can attend. And that just makes it so much better that you're going to have people that are like-minded that understand the crazy part of the business you know, that aren't just going to say, oh, you got to quit your job. They will continue to help you stay sober. She, in fact, said that. And it was interesting based on our last segment, and that is mm -hmm. Gina Helvey, that her dream was to own a restaurant. And once she owned her restaurant, nobody checked her, right? She started drinking because nobody said, hey, boss, you need to cut out. Hey, you know, maybe this is a problem. Nobody felt like they could. You know, so she kind well, of got herself into that same situation where people around her wouldn't tell her the truth. I, I, I to exactly. And I, to I totally see this, you know, and th why that would happen. And, you know, what's interesting about this is that I looking back on this now, I, I think the hard part with early sobriety and uh, working in that business is that. I have to be honest, and maybe I'm a slow learner, very, very well. I did not know anyone who was sober when I got sober. Like, literally, like, I didn't. I mean, right. uh, to be honest with you. So, uh, but, and and the thing is, is that I think that I didn't have, and a lot of people that work in that business don't have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Like, no. they always say, like, whether you're recovered or not, and I believe this, like, people in recovery, it doesn't matter. I have decades of recovery. I do not have a healthy relationship with alcohol. I don't right. think like everybody else. I don't like most people, Christina, honestly. Like, I was, I was out the other day with some, with some friends. Uh, they're not in recovery. They don't have an alcohol and drinking problem. They, they, they went. They were very excited about ordering a couple of cocktails with dinner. We had a great time. They stopped. They ate a little bit more. They went home. They went about right. their lives. They're, they're not, it's for them. It's entertainment. Like sure. hey, this is a breakout. It's like going to a movie. Like you go to a movie, you watch it. They're not obsessed with that. You know, five days later, you know, dressed up at work, uh, like Lord of the Rings or something, right? <laughs> a movie on Friday night, but, right. this is, but this is alcoholism, right? And, and drug addiction. So it's like not the ability to not be able to put it down. I think later you realize the difference between, Hey, look, my way that I view alcohol, like, like why would you leave a half a cup, a glass of wine? That still it's, baffles the shit. Yes, totally. Like, why would anyone do this? And then, you know, my normie friends and family will say like, it's like, well, I, cause I just don't want it. And I'm like going, so something's wrong with you. Right. Like, right. I don't see, but now I understand the difference. It's like, well, my thinking's not like they're thinking, right. They're not mm -hmm. thinking like this. So, but, so I think that you have to kind of, you need people around you, but the, the point of this, I was going to say, Christina, is that one of the things that people go out on in early recovery or just in recovery in general are work issues, mm -hmm. relationship, relationship work. You talk about this. You you do coaching on this a lot with people yes. who have relationship issues, codependency issues at work, right? Me, which is all tied into work, right? right. And you're taking a huge issue like that and the pressure of not having anyone around you that's sober feeling that you're not going to get promoted or something's not going to happen for you because you are sober. That's daunting. That, it that, is. That's tough. 
It is. And I'm not going to lie. There were times when I was sober and I am still sober, but when I was in the business where I felt a little prejudice from other people and I felt a little judged, you know, knowing like sure. we went out as I was a, uh, assist, uh, I was a food and beverage director by the time, an assistant general manager. And so there was the exec team and it was always part of a celebration um toasting all of that and there were definitely times where i felt like i was the other and we talk about this in the holiday rescue mm. about about having an, an a, a really hard inline and out time you know going and saying who, what you need to see and leaving part yes. of my job yes. at the end was to host big employee parties and i remember i worked for a community that actually wasn't in the restaurant business where they laughed off the debauchery of these employees when they went to the Christmas party and had stories about the ambulances were called and everybody thought uh -huh. it was funny and they weren't talking about the seriousness. And then they would stop talking around me because they knew that I was sober. And so there are definitely things that we have to navigate as sober people, no matter what industry you are in. And it helps. I mean, it is literally the success that I've had has been based on peer to peer support. Absolutely. And I think having that peer to peer support, people in these organizations that are sober and doing the deal and knowing that there are people that you can talk to in that, I think it makes all the difference. So, so yeah, this has been an amazing episode, episode 92 in the can, Wednesday, right. March 30th. Hey, we've got what next episode's going to be April. Don't we have an April Fool's episode coming we up? We do. We do. TGIF Sober. We sure do. It's coming gonna up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Guys, before we leave here, I just wanted to kind of let everybody know about these recovered life discussions that we've been having on Clubhouse every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Thursday. For Christina and I come to you on these discussions. You can join in on the discussion. So here's how you do it. Just go to info.recoveredlife.us and join the Recovered Life Network. You can do it right there. You go to recoveredlife.us. You can join, become part of the community, get access to all of this really, really great information and join the discussion. We're going to be talking about Will Smith uh, later today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, being a sober bartender in the hospitality visit. Those discussions are going on all the time in Recovered Life. So please join us. Please, please join us. So much fun. Hope to see you there. Absolutely. Episode 92 in the can. We will see you guys Friday. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.